Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Evi Bolaños in San Francisco. Large-scale traffickers of fentanyl could soon face stiffer criminal penalties in California, the result of a law signed by Governor Newsom over the weekend. KQED politics correspondent Guy Marzarati has more. Under the new law, dealers possessing a kilogram of fentanyl would get an additional three years on their sentence. Possessing more than 80 kilograms would add 25 years. The Drug Enforcement Agency says one kilogram of fentanyl can produce a million doses of the drug. In 2021, nearly 6,000 Californians died from fentanyl overdose. The bill was approved by both houses of the legislature without a single no vote. But two Bay Area progressives, Assembly members Mia Bonta and Ash Kalra, abstained. That was KQED politics reporter Guy Marzarati. Governor Newsom has signed a bill that delegitimizes a controversial medical diagnostic theory called excited delirium, which has been used to defend law enforcement in cases where a person has died while in custody. As Stephanie O'Neill Patterson of KFF Health News tells us, this theory is also facing mounting opposition from doctors. Excited delirium is a term that first appeared in the 1980s to describe the sudden onset of extreme agitation and combativeness. Today, most medical societies don't recognize it as a valid medical condition, and the National Association of Medical Examiners has rejected it as a cause of death. Yet in the past 15 years, it's been increasingly used by defense attorneys arguing that individuals who died in police custody, including George Floyd in Minneapolis, died not of restraint or taser shock, but of excited delirium. That was KFF Health News' Stephanie O'Neill Patterson. Over the weekend, the American College of Emergency Physicians approved a draft resolution disavowing its 2009 white paper, which supported the diagnosis of excited delirium that had been cited in use of force trials nationwide. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. A San Francisco lawmaker behind a bill that would have allowed more counties to increase juror pay says he's disappointed about the governor's decision to veto the bill. 
It would have expanded a San Francisco pilot program that increased pay for low to moderate income jurors in criminal trials, from $15 a day to $100 a day. Assemblymember Phil Ting, who introduced the bill, says that most times, juries are made up of wealthier people who can afford to participate in public service. But quite often, the very people who are in the community with many of the defendants aren't the ones who are judging them. I think it's much more important to make sure that our jury pool is more diverse and our criminal justice system is more diverse. Over the next month, Ting says he'll consider if and how to reintroduce the bill. Environmentalists cheered when a ghost lake in California's Central Valley refilled earlier this year because it created new wetlands for birds. But now avian botulism is brewing in Tulare Lake. It's deadly to birds, and rescuers are in a mad dash to prevent a massive die-off. From KVPR, Joshua Yeager reports. All right, clear. Evan King revs up the engine of an airboat. The enormous fan that propels it worse, and the flat-bottom boat glides out over the shallow water. It stretches for as far as the eye can see. King is a biologist with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. Within minutes, he points to a cinnamon teal duck. That's a, a classic look at a bird that's infected by botulism right there. The duck's head droops inches above the water. An inability to fly, skirting across the water like that. The bacteria that causes avian botulism lives in the soil here. This strain only affects birds. And the warm, stagnant lake water has unleashed it. Our mission on this ride is to collect as many sick and dead birds as we can. King steers the boat closer to the duck. Coming right at you, right at you. Hey. His assistant, Christian Alderson, scoops it out of the water with a big net. King and Alderson have plucked some 500 birds out of the lake recently. In about an hour, we get 15. Right now we're looking at three mallards, two pintail, two green-winged teal, one northern shoveler, and two black-necked stilts. King gently places them into crates and heads for shore. Thousands of healthy birds also swirl around the lake. Some have flown in from as far away as Alaska. Many spend the winter here. Others head farther south. Andrea Jones is with Audubon, California. She says it's like a rest stop on a bird superhighway, and they're all tired and hungry. And then they, they hit a disease outbreak, and they're, they're at a stage where they're incredibly vulnerable because they've just done this massive flight. And because California has lost some 90% of its wetlands over the last couple hundred years, these birds are crowded together. That's why, Jones says, it's important to contain outbreaks quickly. Before they get into these numbers of, of tens of thousands of birds and have potentially population-level impacts. 30,000 birds died from avian botulism the last time Tulare Lake filled in 1983. The best way to prevent another mass casualty event is to dispose of the dead ones and try to nurse the sick ones back to health. So this team right now is actually grabbing their first bird. A team of veterinarians, including Jamie Sherman, have converted a house near the lake into a bird hospital. Intake is in the living room. Bedrooms are ICUs. They've already admitted some 700 birds. Sherman says it's a lot like treating humans with a bad case of the flu. It's one of those things that sometimes has to just work its way out of that. Um, the treatment is providing them supportive care. 
they've been able to release 400 back into the wild so far. In total, the outbreak has killed nearly 3,000 birds, though the number of dead has dropped in recent weeks. And the threat of avian botulism should diminish as the weather cools. But rescuers fear an even larger outbreak next spring, especially if El Nino dumps more water across the region. For the California Report, I'm Joshua Yeager at Tulare Lake. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, October 10th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.